Hello, everybody, and welcome to a mid-February edition of the Sam's Report. It's been, I, it's been one of those busy, slow weeks. I started to talk about this on the pre-show. Just a minute. Uh, I, I was very, very busy this week. But when I went and looked like what was actually accomplished, it was like, oh my god, I really didn't get all that much stuff out. So I, I'm working. Uh, a personal fault of mine is that I'm a very impatient person. Uh, sometimes this is good. Like when I need things, I'm really good about pressing people to make sure they get me things on time. But other times I have to kind of sit and wait and wait for things to materialize and I'm dependent on other people and I can't push on them because they, they're sending me information and blah, blah, blah. So I'm working on a lot of different things to try to write up, but, uh, I, they're all starting to come together and I'm waiting for more information, um, from certain people and companies before I can publish this publish this stuff hopefully it'll start to come together either today or over the weekend um, but it didn't result in a lot of posts being pushed out that were kind of unique you know I, it's one thing to write up uh, like a news post or whatever uh, and all that stuff but it's another thing to talk about um, like content that's coming out and strategy shifts I'm actually typing here I want to see if something got published yet uh, da, 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 da. so anyways I digress. Let's just dive in, shall we? So one of the things that uh, started kicking off with some enterprise-y stuff, uh, Amazon announced what's a product called Chime this week. And so what Chime is, it's think of it as uh, Skype for business. And so it, it, I struggle with this and I'm biting my tongue a little bit saying it, it's like Skype for business, but it's not quite as good. Now, granted, I will give them a pass because it is, hey, again, it's version one. They're just kicking off this stuff and it's not going to be perfect from day one. You have to get a product out the door at some point. If you try to make it perfect, you will literally never ship. So uh, they have this thing called Chime and what it is, it's group communication. Uh, they do have a free version, but it's very, very limited to like two voice, two video call people. If you ever do like a multi-tenant uh, operation, it would not work for that. And so you can go check it out. It's called Amazon Chime. They launched it this week. It's not cheap, by the way. Uh, there's a free version. There's a, a middle tier, but it's not middle price, but it's a middle tier. I believe it costs $2.50 a month that allows you to do uh, remote desktop and some other things. But if you want to have like a group video call with like 10 people or so, you need the top tier, which costs $15 a month. 15 bucks. That's not, that's not cheap at all. And it goes up to 100 people. And that's $15 per user, by the way. That's per user. And so I'm not quite sure how Amazon was thinking about this. I can't imagine people are going to go crazy for this because $15 a month to do something that, say, uh, Skype for Business does or Cisco has a product, um, like web conferencing and all that good stuff. Like, this isn't like Amazon is owning the space by any means. They are definitely a late incumbent. My honest thought here is that Amazon, which... The bigger picture here is that Amazon, you know, they have a massive cloud. They have the largest cloud infrastructure, uh, or at least revenue. Uh, by They own about a third of the market. They're much bigger than Microsoft and Google. They're actually bigger than Microsoft and Google combined, uh, at least for Q4 of last year. And so what I honestly think they're doing is I think they're going to build on a software package, much like Office 365 or G Suite from Google. And that's this is the start of it. And the reason why they're doing $15 a month is that I... I would have to imagine that they're eventually going to add other products to it. You'll, you'll, they'll keep that $15 flat. Uh, I honestly think that it makes sense for them to buy a company like Dropbox, who has obviously Dropbox itself, but not only that, but they have a product called Paper, which is kind of, uh, it's not kind of, it is a, a, a word taking, pro a word processor, or a productivity suite. You know, it's the genesis of a productivity suite. 
And so I can very much see Amazon getting into this uh, one bundle thing, much like Office 365, because Office 365 costs less money than Chime's top tier and gives you a hell of a lot more. So that that's the only thing I can think logically. But it's, it's interesting to really watch this. I, for some reason, it never really occurred in my brain that Amazon they might go backwards in their in their drive, right? So the cloud is kind of like Microsoft's endgame, right? Um, they started with on-prem, now they're cloud. Well, Amazon has cloud, and now they're trying to work their way backwards. So they have this, it's more software as a service is what they want. It's great cash flow and revenue streams. Uh, and I honestly think they're saying, okay, you know, we've got market share with cloud. Let's try to upsell. And I think that's exactly what this is. It's like, you're already running on AWS. I bet they get those, those users uh, a discount, especially if they're a large company. But I think it's this is just another way for them to upsell. It's great. It's going to push Microsoft to be more creative. It's going to push Google to be even better. Uh, so it's worth checking it out. I can't imagine anyone's going to be go buying it. It's definitely a corporate product. It's not. It's not going to replace uh, Skype consumer. It's just too limited, and the, the basic version is just way, way, way too limited. So uh, that is that. Other things happening this week: Microsoft Office, MacBook Pro Touch Bar now supports Office. And I say, yeah, whatever. If you have a touch bar on your MacBook Pro, now supports Office. Like Microsoft kicked that out the door pretty quick. So there you go. They can kick that out the door really quick, but they can't bring Cortana to other markets. I know Cortana, that's probably not a fair job because Cortana is a little bit more complex. But they've also had a lot more time. Uh, anyways, so Microsoft said this week, um, Donna, I'm not a psychologist or anything. I, I'm, I don't pretend to be one. I actually... This is an absolute true story. Absolute true. The lowest grade I got in undergraduate or even graduate school was in psychology one. It might have been 101 or 104, whatever. It was the entry-level psychology class. Lowest grade I got. Uh, it was either a C or a C minus. Mostly because I was a senior and I already had a job and I did not care about life. <laughs> and so it's funny that I'm thinking, you know, I'm not a psychologist. Yeah, actually, I'm not even a psychologist. I almost did, did terribly. But anyways, uh, her tweet seemed a little stressed this week when she was just like, no new builds this week. Just if you don't like the current build, roll back. It just, I think it's catching up to her. No, nobody's perfect. I get stressed out. Everybody gets stressed out. But it just seemed like, I think people were like really hounding her for a new build. And she just was like, just shut up. Uh, anyways, I love Donna. She's great. But I think people were just kind of, it seemed like people were getting to her. I know she's in Australia, I think, this week at uh, Australia, uh, Australia Ignite, Ignite Australia. I'd love to actually go to that one time. Uh, long flight, but I'd actually love to get down there at some point uh, to that event. I've been to Australia, but not to that. Uh, anyways, so maybe it's time zone. What am I What am I doing with my life? Let's get back to the show. <laughs> God, I'm an idiot. Oh, God. Uh, so I found a lot of humor in this. Microsoft delays its Patch Tuesday. So typically on the second Tuesday of every month is called Patch Tuesday. Microsoft typically releases Windows updates then, and you know your machine gets patched and all that good stuff. And so at the 11th hour, Microsoft said, oh, 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 nope, we're not actually going to push... Um, we're not actually going to push a build or push a patch. And so they said uh, February's Patch Tuesday will come now in March. So you get this month off if you're an IT pro. But it's just kind of funny. So rumor on the street is that this was going to uh, patch a zero day uh, exploit that is currently in the wild. But until we actually see what's going on, we don't really quite know. We don't really know. But if you're, you know, be on the lookout for that. And so speaking of IT pros, uh, Microsoft announced this week, uh, Windows, it's, it's essentially Windows Insider for the IT pro. 
And so I, I really have mixed opinions about this. I think it's Windows Pro Biz IT. I don't know. I, I'm losing the acronym in my head. But it's an insider program for corporations. And so I have never met uh, an, an administrator or an IT pro who just says, you know what? I have too much time on my hands. Uh, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen that or ever heard that mostly because those people are running around like crazy. There's always things to be fixed, upgraded permissions to remove or add or whatever. And so the point of this program is that, Hey, you can enroll some, uh, a small number of your corporate machines inside this program, and then you can start to t beta test this stuff. Really? Like, I, I can't imagine too many people taking them up on this because I like, you have, okay, let's just talk about things you have to do. You have to look at patches. So patch Tuesday comes, you have to look at the patch, see what it impacts. You have to then test that patch internally uh, to make sure that it's not going to totally wreck your system because Microsoft has been known to release patches that do actually wreck your systems uh, because, you know, it, it's a minority group that gets screwed over. Uh, but it does happen because when you have 1.5 billion machines, it doesn't take too many, there's so many iterations it's going to happen. So as an IG pro, first thing you got to do, you take that patch and you look at it and review it and say, what is this really doing? And what, what machines do I need to be paying attention to? So that comes out, you need to beta test that. And then once you're okay with it, reasonably okay with it, uh, then you deploy it. And once it's deployed, you do the same thing. You monitor like hell to make sure that nothing is breaking. And so that's the second Tuesday and you've got that going on. And that's just one facet of this job, not provisioning new machines, not adding and renewing new users, not updating uh, firewalls and security measures, not maintaining servers. And so it's like, do these people really have time to invest in another beta test internally that, I'll be completely honest, this seems pretty high risk, low reward uh, from a corporate environment it really does now maybe if you have like a dev box that you're just screwing around on maybe that's it but one box um in a company that has fifty thousand computers isn't a representative sample and isn't going to tell you anything so i'm I, I guess i'm happy they're doing it they are getting more data which is what i what they want but i i don't know that it's an it's interesting if you're an it pro i'd actually love to know anybody's opinion on that uh if they're actually going to try that so uh, good news this week, if you're, especially if you're in living in Ireland. I don't know if he's watching. I know he does it on occasion. His name is Aiden Finn. He actually writes for me over on Petri or writes with us, whatever you want to call it, over on Petri. Uh, in Ireland, Microsoft is hiring 600 new staff. At least that's what the headlines say. We'll have to should probably dig into that a little bit more, make sure it's actually 600 new people or whatever. Uh, but it, it appears that most of them are in sales. So Microsoft is obviously ramping up uh, sales effort out of a new office over in Ireland. But you know what? Job hire is always a good thing. We occasionally talk about layoffs, so it's always good to point out the highs along with the lows. Speaking of highs and lows, uh, build tickets went on this week, on sale this week. And if you're thinking, ah, you know what, I might attend build. Well, you're screwed if you haven't already bought a ticket because they are sold out. We haven't actually gotten word on how quickly they sold out. Uh, but laughably for, I believe the third year in a row, maybe even the fourth, I can't remember, uh, that far back, the site crashed. So you would go click, you'd log in and say, okay, I'm going to do this. You click tick and it would say too many connections. Now, granted, um, I'm going to throw caution out here before I completely lament Microsoft. I believe I was told, and I, I got to double check all the things that this actually ticketing site isn't hosted by Microsoft. It's actually by a third party that runs this and their site was total crap. Um, and it's year-over-year year issue because it's not like Microsoft has telemetry that says, hey, how many people are actually going to try to ram our servers right when we hit go? Uh, because it's not like this happens every year. Just kidding, it does. Uh, yeah, anyways, 
so that's kind of the backstory. Now, on the other side, it's completely embarrassing on Microsoft's aspect because they have they promote Azure as being this robust, globally dispersed infrastructure. And when they go to launch a ticketing service for build, it crashes every single time. They can never handle the demand. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, like showcase your service. Even if you're using a third party, why don't you throw them a bone and get them set up correctly so that you don't have this thing? Uh, set up a, a queue window. I've used other services when they'd say, you know what, nine o'clock tickets go on sale, and you click a link, and it puts you into a virtual queue, and it says, hey, you're number 300 out of... Uh, 10,000 or whatever in line. And then when your time comes up, you have five minutes or 10 minutes to buy a ticket. And then that closes, you kicked out of the queue, the next person like, come on, Microsoft, you guys are smarter than this. I don't know, it's a little frustrating. Uh, Halo Wars 2 came out. I've been streaming a bunch this week. You can find me on beam.pro slash bdsams. I don't know how much I'm going to keep doing it. Probably frequently, actually. I really like the game. I used to play Command and Conquer Red Alert 2 quite a bit. And this kind of takes me back. You can read the review. It's on throt.com. That's T-H-U-R-R-O-T-T.com. Uh, just Google throt.com Halo Wars 2 review. It, a couple of things. So you can, I'm not going to completely go too deep into it. So you can play it on the Xbox uh, with one of these guys. This is an Xbox Elite controller with a chat adapter. But you can play it on a console. And it works. I will tell you that it works, but it's not great. Um, you can also play it on your PC with a keyboard and mouse, and it's fantastic. RTS, which stands for real-time strategy, works wonderfully on a keyboard and mouse because you need extra buttons. It's not that it's a bad frame rate or bad visuals on the Xbox. It's just that you you literally need more buttons. So you can, you can jump around the map. You can assign... Perfect example. Um, you... you what you do is you build up armies and you go attack. So if you have a, a unit of, of troops that you want to assign a, a number to, you can hit control one. And then when every time you hit one, it will call up those troops. You can't do that on this because you don't have enough buttons to, to map troops to like that. So I don't know. It's a fun game. It's a play anywhere title, which I absolutely love. So if you buy it for the Xbox one, you also get it on the PC and vice versa. If you buy it for the PC, you also get it on the Xbox one. It's great. So if you, even better, if you play on the Xbox One, all your data syncs to the PC too. So it, it's really a good purchase um, if you like RTS games. If you like RTS games, it's not super overly complex if you've never tried them before. There is a learning curve and it's not a first person shooter where you just run on point and shoot. There is strategy involved, thus the S in RTS. Um, but it's good. It's a good game. It, and I will play it and it's fun. Um, and I lose and I get destroyed. And I think I have a sweet base and every time... I cannot, so there's like, you know, five different levels. I've only played it against the computer. Um, there's like basic, easy, normal, heroic, legendary. I can't, I can beat it on normal, cannot do it on heroic yet. Uh, I just get owned. After 20 minutes, I've noticed this at like almost a 21 minute marker every single time. The computer sends like the biggest, baddest troops it has uh, to attack your base. And if you're not ready, you get potatoed. So go check it out. I believe it's available for early access starting today. Other things going on, lots of stuff, lots of stuff. I was thinking this was actually going to be a shorter show, but I was completely incorrect. Uh, Project Cheshire, which I've talked about quite a bit, is going to become Microsoft to do. I, I believe I've said that, but the reason why I pointed out now is that there's actually a Cortana page talking about this stuff, and it actually labels Microsoft to do. So we know it's coming relatively soon, if that's your cup of tea. And I believe to do will be the company's new uh, Wonderlist replacement, and it'll work across all platforms. It will sync across all web interfaces and all that kind of stuff. So I'll be curious to see. Actually, what I really want is I got to turn this thing off. Is an Amazon Echo or an Alexa plugin for Microsoft to do, because that would be super helpful. I didn't want to say it because then it would turn on and then wacky things will happen. Um, 
hinting about some of the stuff I'm working on. So Microsoft has become extremely sensitive to margins. Not that they're not always sensitive to margins, but let me just kind of paint a picture for you. Um, so if you're not familiar with margins is a, a margin in corporate speak is how much profit, like take home profit you're going to make uh, when you sell a product. And so in software margins are typically high. I mean, they can be, there's no standard, but they can be anywhere from 50% up to 100% margin on the software licensing sale. Hardware on the other side, uh, especially in the computer space, is like, I, I believe Lenovo one point, I looked at their stuff and it was their margin was like one and a half percent, meaning for every $100, they made $1 in profit that they can reinvest in the company. And so Microsoft has become extremely sensitive to margins in their Windows org. I've heard this from several people now, and I believe it's the reason why we saw the demise of the Lumias. It's also the reason why we saw the demise of the band. Um, and it's also impacting now other products. I know of a couple that I'm not willing to mention yet that have been canceled uh, because margins were not looking good for that particular SKU or product line. And they're really starting to kind of turn that wrench to make sure that Windows org remains and stable and profitable uh, as they go through this transition of basically traditional licensing sales to either free software or to a software as a service. They really need that, that cash flow and those margins to stay stable. Um, otherwise it's a big sign to investors. Let me explain. Um, I have a big finance background for those who aren't aware. So if you're, if you're an investor looking at Microsoft and let's just say the margins 50%, just across the entire company, we're going to keep super high level here. Entire company is 50% and a quarter comes out and the margins drop to 48% but revenue remains stable. So if you had last quarter of 28 billion, this quarter is 28 billion, um, relative everything else is the same, but margins drop from 50 to 48%. What that means is that Microsoft is selling more products at a discount to maintain that same level of revenue, which really means that people are not as interested in their products because they have now have to lower them to get a higher rate of revenue. So margins are very, very crucial to investors because they watch this as you know, small, small fluctuations are material, but large fluctuations in margin indicate whether consumers or companies are buying more product at a certain price point, or if Microsoft is having to discount it to get more people in the door. And if they have to discount it, that's not a good thing. And that will drive a share price down. So Microsoft is becoming extremely careful about margins in their windows org because it infects it Im or affects impacts all of their other stuff. And what I'm getting to here is if something is not super premium, ready to ship out the door, they're they're very, very cautious about it. Like things like Surface Studio is a perfect example. I'm sure that product has a high margin, despite we know that the costs are high. Surface Book is relatively in that same area because it's a premium product. I do not expect them to see start selling uh, low-end Surface devices anytime soon. Granted, if they do go low-end, it's not going to be the cheapest thing because they're going to be extremely cautious of those margins uh, as, as the Windows org moves forward. So this is just something I'm working on. Uh, a good finance lesson for those who are not familiar with what margins are. So uh, really working on that stuff. Anyways, other things that came out, um, Android and iOS own the smartphone market share. It, it's funny. Um, those two combined, based on the latest stats that came out, Android had like 82%. Apple had about 18%. But on the inverse, I bet Apple probably has about 82% of the revenue and Android has about 18%. But either way you look at it, Android and iOS own the smartphone market. Um, Windows Phone is no longer a player. It, it's funny to see how the stuff Microsoft is no longer a player uh, of any considerable strength in this segment from a hardware perspective. And neither is BlackBerry. BlackBerry used to own this stuff. Like, this, it, 
I've had several blackberries. I'm sure some of the people on this call or this podcast have had owned several blackberries, but now blackberry's gone. Like they don't, they don't have any market share. It's, it's interesting. And what that really, really shows you is actually how volatile uh, this market is and why Apple has to be extremely cautious, but resilient with its iPhone. Because if that market collapses for Apple, their whole company will not whole company will go under. It's not going to happen overnight, but if somebody comes and disrupts their massive sales, it's going to be a huge burden to them. So somebody shouted out in the chat room right before this, which is, I, I typically can't do it during the show, but they said, Brad, could you mention uh, Cortana for iOS in the UK? Uh, yes, he said, iOS for the UK was promised to be a few weeks away uh, before Christmas. Can you mention this? Maybe somebody from MS is watching and they forgot to release it. I don't actually know what's going on with Cortana in the UK. I just know that Microsoft looks at a North American centric environment when it comes to Cortana and Bing and some of its other products. So uh, there you go. We got a bunch of questions I think this week, so I want to dive into those. And so <laughs> I forgot about this one. So Tourniquet asks an extremely relevant question to some things that I'm working on. Uh, not this first one. He says everyone complains about no. F everyone complains. Oh no, this is the first question, so it is relevant to what I'm working on. He says everyone complains about no features with RS2 for Windows 10 Mobile. But what's up with Hololens? Will there be an RS2 release, Insider Preview, any new features on that? I am looking into this, so I have nothing to share at this time. Um, but I will hopefully soon. And also what happened to a three scanning app that Microsoft showed off. So back at the surface studio event, they showed off a thing where you could take your windows phone like this guy. Um, and then you could scan an object and you get a nice 3d scan and then you could print it. We haven't seen anything about that. We haven't seen anything about groove music maker. I don't know what's going on with this stuff. I wish Microsoft would give us a bone, but these are apps. So they're kind of outside of the insider world. So they don't actually have to ship this stuff with these insider builds. I mean, they're just apps so they could ship them at any time they want. So PC guy 8088 asks, is there going to be a beta version of Microsoft authenticator for windows 10 mobile? Like there is for iOS and Android. Um, I honestly actually have no idea. So this is, what what I expect them to do is actually release an authenticator app for Windows 10, which would make more sense, uh, potentially, I guess, because it depends on how you're accessing this stuff. But I know I said this before, and some people just never believe me, but Windows 10 mobile stuff is pretty low on the priority for Microsoft. As I just shared, 82% is Android, 18% is iOS. iOS is generally regarded as the easiest development for and so you see iOS stuff first, and then you see Android, and then it's going to be Windows 10 Mobile. It might come at some point, but I don't, I don't know. And I, I don't have a good feeling about it, to be honest. So Merlin asks, he says, <laughs> this is actually another interesting question. And I know one of the Edge guys listens to this, so I'll be curious to see if he follows up with anything. Uh, Edge extensions, what's the deal? I thought it would be easy to port Chrome extensions. Uh, is nobody bothering, or did MS Microsoft ever bother over-promise and under-deliver. So one of the things I know about extensions currently right now is they're still locked down. If you want to be able to submit extensions, I believe you have to apply. Microsoft will then accept you, and then you can submit extensions. It's not just an open world yet. So it's it's this is limited in nature by Microsoft's own hand, and they haven't indicated when they're going to actually open that process up. Uh, Microsoft bot framework dead on arrival. It's all asked by Merlin. Uh, the only useful bot in Skype is if, no wonder. So... I have never, I, I gotta be careful how I say this. I've never found a bot that was useful. Um, any bots that I've ever found have always been over, over, it required more work to get something done than either A, just calling or just looking it up yourself or whatever. Now, I say that with kind of biting my tongue because I can see how bots could eventually evolve into something that's really useful. But, but 
as as of right now, um, I I don't really know what I don't know the status of the bot stuff because there aren't any bots that you're like oh yes I used this bot and it was the greatest thing in my life. It's like even Cortana is really just a bot. I mean, same as Google Now and Siri, they're just bots. And so Microsoft has to get figure out how to get smarter with this stuff. And I don't know if text, like right now, bots are primarily used by text-based input. And I don't necessarily know if that's the best way to use it. Like, I mean, this Alexa back here is really just a bot. And voice-based bots, voice-based bots, that's kind of hard to say, uh, are much more effective than text-based ones. Because I can type a single query into Google and get what I need, as opposed to kind of screwing around with a bot that has to ask multiple questions. So, anyways... Uh, uh, Luke asks, he says, why is Microsoft Authenticator app? <laughs> Interesting. I guess this is coming up. And as, as Bart pointed out in the chat room, he says the Authenticator beta for Windows 10 Mobile is already out. Uh, you can Bing it. So anyways, so there you go. That is out. Um, unfortunately, I don't use Windows 10 Mobile on a daily basis anymore. Um, I don't, I, I just don't use it anymore. It, it's, I've moved over to iOS. I also use, uh, Android frequently. But there you go. Da, da, da. Anyway, so Luke asks, he says, why is Microsoft Authenticator only available for Windows 10 Mobile and not on the PC? So this is, I was thinking about this actually as I was talking before, which is sometimes dangerous to do on a podcast. But what I was thinking is that, does it make sense to be on a desktop? Because if, I think it's going to depend, well, no, they do it on the phone. So that doesn't matter. What I was thinking is that, okay, if I steal somebody's laptop and I gain access to it, which maybe defeats the entire point, um, and I'm on a website and it says, okay, I have their password and I log it in because it's saved in uh, LastPass or whatever. And then it pops up the authenticator on the desktop. Like that's not really two-factor secu- security. But thinking about that out loud now, what I really think, the two-factor only works is if your machine is not compromised. If somebody has stolen your machine, um, that scenario kind of breaks apart, uh, not because they already have it. Granted, I know that some RSA tokens and all that good stuff. There are better two-factor systems out there where it's completely separated from any sort of computing device. But I don't know. Um, it would make a lot of sense. It would be quite nice. But I could see how it could potentially be abused. Now, I say that with the caveat because there are times on my phone where I log into a Microsoft thing and then it pops up right there and says, hey, I this. So that's the same scenario. Um, I hope they bring it to it, but I don't know if they will. So Colonizer asks, he says, let's say Microsoft brings out a strong mobile competitor for business, i.e. Surface Pocket. Surface Pocket is an interesting name. I always kind of like the name Surface Mobile uh, or whatever. And IDC Gartner reports even nit success with like 2-3% to in the vast pool. Do you think IDC or Gartner will justify like uh, a separate category that will make it look healthier? So... What he's saying is if they come out with a niche product that's kind of a different for the enterprise, would they create a new category to make uh, the Surface Pocket or Surface Mobile look better? I don't think so. I, you got to be careful with Gartner and all those guys because if you go back to when Windows Phone was launched, they predicted that it would be, I think, the number three ecosystem with like 12% market share by like 2016. Um, and obviously that did not materialize. So these guys aren't the greatest. They're very good at looking at historical, like saying, okay, here's today. Um, they're not so great at predicting, obviously, because predicting is much harder. I f- Microsoft, the way I honestly think they will get into mobile is if they come out with a Surface that is truly a complete PC in your pocket that is fully functional 
and just works with all UWP apps and everything else. And that it can replace a laptop for the super mobile user. Like if I was Microsoft, the, the market I would be targeting in the enterprise is the salesperson who travels like crazy amounts. And you come up with a really solid device that they can take on their sales stuff. And when they go somewhere, they can they can plug it into like a, a shell and have a laptop. Or when they go back to their office, they just dock it and have the full PC set up. Like they have to start with a niche market if they're going to ever take things back. They can't just release a consumer product and say, hey, here, come t- come do this. Uh, it's going to be great because they've already tried that multiple times with Windows Phone 7, Windows Phone 8, and Windows Phone 10 or Windows 10 Mobile. And it's failed every time. It doesn't work for them. They have to start niche. And I honestly think they should start with like salespeople and target that demographic and then try to penetrate their way back saying look these ultra mobile users who have this full pc in their pocket all their stuff with them at all the time in the best possible experience who don't need apps other than office per se uh it works really well and then it'll start to permeate uh deeper into the org so uh, michael asks in the insider program can you download the latest iso install it i in the hold on in the insider program you can download the latest build iso and and I did to install it in a VM, but I can't reactivate it. Does this mean I have to buy another copy? Uh, so what you should try to do, and, and it's not clear, is make sure you're logged into your Microsoft account because it should be provisioned onto your user ID and then enroll. Um, there is some funkiness where it will say it's unactivated, but definitely make sure you're logged in on your Microsoft account because that can potentially help you. Uh, Fuchsia Castle says, do you know what happened to Project Sienna, a quick way to develop apps for small and medium businesses? Um, actually the Joe Finn, um, chimed in and responded to this said project Sienna got released as Microsoft power apps. That's what I was thinking too. I was trying to remember the proper name, but, uh, project Sienna graduated into Microsoft power apps. Oh God. Uh, um, okay. It, I can't even pronounce this name. It's in, uh, (laughs) I'm struggling. It's like in Senta. I don't know. It's I have no idea how to pronounce your name. I apologize. Uh, it says Paul is trying out the NV1 all-in-one desktop, which has a curved uh, UWQHD screen at 21.9 aspect ratio. Have you tried out a monitor like this p- before? If so, what do you think? Especially compared to 4K. Oh, it says down below. It says call me Isla. So Isla, that that is easier pronounced. So uh, yes, I have, and no, I do not like them particularly. At least I haven't found one I like. So and I think it goes from what my setup is now. So I have two monitors, which if you see, if I switched, if you're watching the video, you can kind of see it here a little bit better. Um, so I have two monitors here, two 27 inch 4k monitors side by side. And so that is my current setup and it works really well because I can put two full paneled, uh, browser tabs you know spread where that's what I have right now is on the left I have OneNote in the browser tab and on the right I have the YouTube stream and then in the middle um, which you can kind of see on the video behind me back here you can see XSplit right there and then this is the thread questions I'm reading and on the other side is OneNote um, 21 by 9 is a good monitor if you do not have room for two monitors I still prefer two monitors mostly because it requires me to physically look over like over here on the other monitor I have TweetDeck and I have Skype which are good important things that I need to have open but they're not my primary focus and so they're completely kind of not completely but they're out of like line sight and so they're not a distraction when you have a 21 by 9 monitor uh, you will always see that other stuff if that makes sense and so I'm 
21 by 9 is good if you can't get two monitors side by side, which could be multiple reasons. You know, you don't have enough desk space. Um, you don't want to spend the extra money to get two monitors. Uh, you don't have, for whatever your reason is, they're great. It's almost like a one and a half monitor. Think of it more like that instead of a replacement for two it is probably the best way to think about that. Uh, John Willis asks, he says, if we can type 60 words per minute and speak 400 words per minute, shouldn't it, what? Shouldn't we be looking forward to mice or computer devices faster than 400 words per minute? <laughs> this is a very interesting question. Oh, okay, I see where he's going. Like the functional fMRI mouse, for example, makes you wonder if HoloLens is a head scanner in disguise, wrap that brain. That's a very interesting question. Um, I don't know. I don't actually don't know how to go about this. I mean, we. I don't know if I can type 400. Well, I guess we speak 400 words per minute. Um, actually, I type closer to about 90 to 100 words per minute. I honestly have no idea what your question is. I apologize. <laughs> uh, anyways, so we'll just end it there on that. That's an odd question that I can't figure out. So kind of the tip of the week this week, guys. Um, be on the lookout for Microsoft's open sourcing of stuff. Um, th there's two ways to think about open sourcing Microsoft's products. And I, I take this from a grain, uh, a, a different perspective. Open sourcing is fine. I'm not saying that. But typically when Microsoft open sources something, that means they want other people to start working on it. And I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see some more like key technologies being open sourced so they can start contributing. Uh, a perfect example um, a perfect example of this is the Hollow or not HoloLens, the HMDs, the, the head-mounted displays. I don't know if they're open sourced or whatever. But Microsoft wants to be in the software business and they don't want to be in the hardware business. And so kind of be looking to see if you see other moves inside of the company where they're saying, you know what, I can see Microsoft pulling back on hardware because they're wanting their partners to do it. Because again, Microsoft loves the margin on hardware, on software, and they want their hardware makers who are accustomed and better suited for that stuff to build hardware. HMDs are a perfect example of that. Microsoft came up with the tech and they're letting their partners build out the stuff. They, they get the royalties from the software, the hardware vendors sell the hardware, and they don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. Um, I think we might start seeing this trend more and more on some of their other products. I'll let you speculate where that goes, uh, but we will find out more. So as always, guys, uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in, all the questions, and I thank you. I should probably start reading these ahead of time so I have a better understanding of what they are, but it's always a little fun to read them live. You get true gut reactions. But uh, I will be here right back here next week. Um, two weeks will be a little interesting because I'm actually taking a vacation, thank goodness. Uh, but anyways, next week will be normal. Um, there'll be some fun stuff announced next week. Yeah, I think so. I think there'll be some fun stuff announced next week. We'll see. We shall see. Uh, as always, guys, thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time. Have a wonderful weekend.